Welcome to the 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, a retrospective. to a special edition of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, and what we're doing is something a little different today. Uh, right now, we're releasing uh, a preview about Werewolf Heart of the Forest. We're, we had an opportunity uh, to demo the game, chit-chat a little bit about it, see it, kind of get a feel for it, knowing that we're going to be moving forward, definitely reviewing more uh, the whole genre of Werewolf the Apocalypse, and we're privileged to be able to do this. Uh, to see Heart of the Forest here as part of their press release. And I gotta tell you, it wasn't disappointing at all. <laughs> uh, the expectations I should uh, always talk about, at least from our angle. There was a lot of talk about it. People had asked me, hey, you know, we understand Warp's your second love. Are you you're all about this? You're gonna get this? And I was skeptical. I'm always skeptical when it comes to the genre of visual novel adventure RPG, which is what this this game covers. And that is, if, if the writers don't know the material for the game, then it makes it very difficult, right? I don't know if you've experienced this, DJ. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to, to do anything but just say what I've experienced. When you have a team blessed to take, like, an RPG that is a tabletop role-playing game, and then they're going to make a game from it, you put a lot of hype to it because you want to see what it's going to be. It's a game you can own, playability, all that goes into it, the story. But then you start playing the game and you're like, wah, wah. It's as if they received a press pack themselves of just what that genre was at the tabletop, but then they don't fully make that something a fan of the game could love. Does that make sense? No, definitely, because one of the things that we normally uh, come into in the past is seeing a game that you you hope is good and and shows itself up, and then all of a sudden it's just someone took it and just ran with it, but didn't put any love into it. There was a lot of love put into this. Um, We definitely saw a lot of love being put into this game. There is a game I'm going to point out where I'm talking about this. You folks may have had this opinion. I'm a huge fan of Shadowrun. I also oh, love no, Cyberpunk. Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking exactly about. Exactly what I'm talking about. I won't mention the company or get into it any more than that, but I remember years ago when Shadowrun was just like, oh, we only had the one version on Super NES that everybody played me years ago, right? And it was like, oh, that was awesome. But that game was awesome because it included content directly from the tabletop game. So it was fun to run around and play that game and get into the story. Well, then they released it again. Right, years later, not the same game, and it ended up just being a first-person shooter. That's that's all it was. It was like you're so a troll. You're a troll. You're an elf, and nothing mattered. Didn't relate. It fell on its face because of it. Because fans of it were, you know, there were better first-person shooters out, and that game just didn't live up to the hype. Now, I know it seems like it's a preview for Heart of the Forest. Get to that, Bob. No, I have to set this because there's a lot of people when we talk back and forth said the same thing I did. I don't like visual novels and adventure, blah blah blah, RPG. Well, Heart of the Forest changes that for you. I promise you. If you're a fan of Werewolf, you need to understand that they have some serious writing talent and development that went into this game. Uh, DJ, why don't you tell them a little bit how who uh, who got involved with that? 
Um, so the people that got involved with it are definitely, it, it is published by Walkabout Games um, and also developed by <clears throat> different tales. Um, the folks specifically um, that were able to go ahead and assist with this uh, were story designer as of this moment in time is written as Arthur Ganziech. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. The Project League, Jacek Brzezinski, um, who have worked on The Witcher, uh, Hitman, and Dying Light. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, he, he mentioned some big-time games there. The Witcher, right? Who does not love that game? Mm -hmm. that game? Obsessively, I love that game. From playing The Witcher, I went on to play the renditions. Not only that, the, the TV series they made for it. Witcher is amazing uh, for that alone. And its story content added to the fantasy elements of it that made it everything. It was the details of the story. That same quality is applied here. Now, to get to the game itself, what's the plot about? I give you one guess. <laughs> Just to tease a little bit. Yes, it's about werewolf, and but it's more than that. A lot of people may have been expecting to start this game out where you're the... It's a full moon and you wake up covered in blood and you've slaughtered a town and when will you rage and all that's thrown in there? No. No, 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 not at all. They want, they want you to get used to what they're trying to tell. They, it's like they wanted to develop the story with you in mind, even though you're playing the same character everyone else is going to. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? It starts off where you're playing a woman named Maya. And actually, even before that, you, you'll, like the screen setup and the visuals are so amazing in this game that you hear the ambient noise and uh, the background music, I should say. Uh, the ambient sound effects, I'll say. Uh, keep you engaged. It's like they're making you part of every step that you go through. It's supposed to draw you into what you're reading. And it's something that doesn't lull your brain into the same old, same old. It doesn't let it rest and kind of get bored as you're looking at the screen to decide what's going on. That was my take on it. And I'm, I'm really hard to please when it comes to that, too, because the artwork has to stand out. It has to give you sort of a, an immersion feel. Otherwise, what am I doing? You know, I could, I could do something else, right? That's where my mind goes. But this held me from start to finish. And it's because the artwork follows along with uh, certain, uh, certain interactive elements. For instance, in the beginning of the demo, and don't miss this if you have a chance to try it out, uh, or even when you get the game, off the bat they're talking about a scenario. It's like a dream sequence. Except I noticed an icon on the top right of the screen. You remember that, DJ? Yes, we did. That was the... Uh... I'll, I'll, I'll spill it out there. We When we looked at it together, we are like, oh, okay, nothing's happening. Until you start noticing that the first form that you have on there seemed to be a Krenos form. And for those of you who don't know what the Krenos form is, it's the werewolf form for the full war form. It's uh, it's what people normally find as the, the wolfman uh, in most other situations. But as the story progressed, um, and we went through certain options, even within that, that prelude scenario, we saw that Krenos form turn into the Hamid, or the, the human mode. And that... That missed us the first time around when we took a look at it. And the second time, we're like, oh, that's cool. You actually get to see, you know, what form you are. Because that will immerse you a little bit differently so you can follow pace with the story. And even your decisions in that, in that mode start dictating the kind of the stats for your character. Or what I like to call it, the, the elements of the story that will develop for you based on your choices as you go. Which is the hallmark of that visual novel. You know, your choices matter and sort of choose your own adventure a little bit. What I also dug was the fact that you didn't know what was going on. You just know that these, uh, these dream interpretations of what you're going through, they talk about sensations and smells and activity and cold feeling and you're answering these questions as you go and do you hide or do you pursue it? That's awesome because they give you just enough to wet the whistle and keep you curious to see what's going on. And then, I won't ruin what you get to next, but there's a part that's very, um, we'll call it graphic, but not tasteless. That's important. 
you know, there's a part where anybody in the dream gets to a situation that would be macabre, but, but it wasn't. And then one of the coolest art pieces I've seen in any video game, period, is delivered where it kind of shows what's going on. And the, the capacity to immerse you in that and deliver it to you without you going, ah, seen it, been there, done that, move on, it's definitely not there. It's meaning it's, it's, it, it keeps you engaged, it shocks you, and it, it was fun to do. And immediately after that, Maya's on a bus, right? And you're like, well, who's Maya? Well, Maya's the one having the dream, i.e. you're playing Maya. And Maya waking up on the bus has a friend coming along for the ride, and your interaction with them determines the, well, the relationship with you. And what I dig about it is as I went through this, I was like, what's the big deal about having a relationship? I don't, I don't really get that. We have an ongoing character sheet. I was, I was over the moon. I think it was a little bit too geeky about it. Remember that, DJ? Because mm-hmm. I, I had hoped, is it going to be a traditional character sheet? Well, no, definitely not. No, it brought me, it brought me down uh, to, to reason. This is where the, uh, the tabletop game has to meet the video game because it'd just be far too much information, maybe a bit pedantic, to be filling in dots for a sheet for a traditional werewolf game. However, it is. here's what they do by giving you that. The way they do it is they outline some of the game mechanics. They talk about your rage, willpower, and personality. And that's uh, it's important. Uh, your rage is basically your main resource. It's uh, the higher your rage, the more kind of aggressive you are. However, this makes your perception limited, right? You're just hyper-focused. And you become unable to see all the shades of gray, so to speak. It's their terminology there. But the low rage on the opposite end brings empathy and openness from your character. You know, and maybe you're more fearful to act than you should be. So it makes you balance that out for the type of character you're going for, that experience in your choices. Uh, whereas willpower is the resource you need to control yourself, right? To, to kind of rein it in, to not let yourself get carried away. And all of you know me, I went through this and I had a really high rage and I was battling to retain willpower. Is what, is what went on. I think all my choices, I thought I was being uh, open because the game also has some other stats, right? Like spirituality. That's a stat in the sheet. The moment I got two, you know, from making choice, I'm like, I'm going to be spiritual every time. And to me, spiritual is openness and going with the flow, but able to, to calm down and interpret what goes on. So I'm trying to use willpower to gauge that as I went through uh, to see what Omaya is up to and not to ruin the relationship she's trying to build. Now, in this game, in the demo anyway, what we got, you understand Maya is traveling with her friend Anya. And uh, she's a friend from Norway. It's a fellow student who came to Poland to study with, uh, study medicine with her. And Anya's also an activist, which is interesting. Because this game chose the, uh, the Pushka Forest. Or rather, I should say the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to butcher this, the Biowaska Forest. Or the uh, Pushka Biowaska, as the Wikipedia led us to. And basically means the, uh, the great forest with a tall white tower, if I'm correct. I believe that's what translated to. Now, it's also an ancient forest. What that means is it's a historical society preserved site, right? It's a heritage site. And that's done so it doesn't just get bulldozed over for whatever wood it needs. You know, you need logging, not there, that that shouldn't be happening. And they made it to where you can't uh, because they're finding um, things buried. I believe uh, the Barrows is one that they mentioned in here where they found evidence of uh, like an ancient farm was built there with some evidence of uh, planting and whatnot uh, that went on there. And because of that, I believe that helped it be a heritage site to be researched further to 
to see just what we can learn from the land. Also, that forest is big on naming their trees. <laughs> Huge. We, we went through and we were looking at it just because we're, we're that way. And we were investigating to see, you know, because they're, they're big on pointing out they used to study this forest and chose it for two reasons. One was for the activist side. And that is because of uh, the fact that, you know, there is still people trying to, to log, at least in the game they have going on there. And that was a thing in the past. I believe is the is Belarus border. Yeah, the Belarusian border. Yeah. And that's where it was coming from. There were activists out there to stop it. And that's sort of part of the history, which makes it perfect for a werewolf choice. You know, the guru, as they like to call themselves, these werewolves, would see it as highly spiritual uh, to have this place out there, especially if it's that old. And that made it very... And more than made you want to know more. I could say something else to that as well. And especially for our American audience, we're still used to having a lot of the settings just happen in the U.S. A lot of the the game settings usually happen on our turf. And we're, we're all about that because there's familiarity to it. But what I thought was really good about this as well, the demo is it immerses you outside of your zone because now we're taking place in Europe, right? And, it, and now you're really walking as a character. These are an American on my end. Now I'm Maya trying to learn more of the background force. I'm walking in blind and I'm learning everything as I do in-game. I'm going to spoil myself. So that's that's a thing because I'm interested in seeing what the culture is also like and how an American also deals with this type of culture and how it'll probably be in-game. So I'm very excited to see you know what comes from this. I agree. The, uh, the other people in here too leave an air of mystery. You're not certain if they're friend or foe. You encounter a guy named Bartek who's supposed to be this person Maya met on Facebook that's like the son of an influential local businessman. Uh, for the Biowaska town, uh, where the forest is located. And he was supposed to meet Maya off the bus, but dude's a little late. Disrespectful, right? Long bus trip, he's not even where he's supposed to be. And you get to see what Maya, you get to determine what Maya feels about that and what happens from it. But it doesn't add to his validity. I tell you, we're going to meet. I haven't really met you, but online you're this expert. We're going to go on a tour. And then I go to this way off place near a town I've never been to, and you're not there when I get there. That's alienating. Not only that's a little, you know, dun-dun-dun, it's cute music time. But once you even get to the forest, there's more people you encounter, like this guy Cornell. He's a German eco-activist um, who is just uh, kind of meditating when you encounter him in the, in the Pushka. And uh, what's interesting is that he talks about he's here to stop the deforestation. So you, you kind of can figure out that he's something, maybe a bit of a bit of a warrior, maybe a soldier, as Maya reads about him too, or excuse me, as Maya was observing about him, you read it. Made it all kind of put together, what am I dealing with? Little unknown. What do you think of the game mechanics, DJ? So one of the things I thought about the game mechanics, one of the things I, I definitely liked was as you continue along the way, um, the game will reveal to you what your goals normally are. And one of the best things about willpower, especially as Bob was mentioning before, is you make some hard choices. And every time you choose to either be truthful or um, kind of go through a crucible of sorts, you'll burn up willpower. But so long as you continue down on your path, you'll start gaining that willpower back. And I thought that was a very clever way of giving you incentive to, to go towards you know a specific type of goal. It's not something we normally see in tabletop, <laughs> I'll be honest. Sometimes you put uh, dots on paper and then the character is just going to go off the rails and, and go through their own agenda. But by doing this, um, it gives you a reason to want to look further into a story on this particular end. It doesn't mean you have to, but if you choose not to, then you can see where willpower starts to suffer on that end. So I thought the, the mechanics for it were, were very well balanced. Likewise with Rage, 
Um, it'll give you the opportunity to either go up or down on rage based on your decision. Sometimes you just go headlong and you have the opportunity to do so, or you take advantage. In fact, in the game, if you have zero rage, some of the options are only open by you having zero rage. So it, it it's flexible enough that it lets you choose your own path. And to that end, you also have the auspices included in this game as well. Your your choices pretty much determine uh, what auspice you're going to be about. And uh, I, of course, got stuck with uh, the, the Arun Full Moon, but it was cool to see if there were other options as well. That it wouldn't be just one or two auspices because that was easier to write about. It sort of makes it to where, well, it doesn't sort of, it may, opens it up to where fans of the genre, it's including even more of the, uh, the tabletop feel for me, which kept me hooked. Like, now that I'm a full moon, how much farther do they go into that with the story? And I wanted to see it. And, uh, but it's demo. It's a demo. Q4 is the release of this year uh, for the game in and of itself. I can't wait, by the way, because I'm not done. My Maya is out there still trying to find out about her family. And uh, she needs to know these things. <laughs> My Maya is very well excited as well because in terms of how I viewed it, it's a personal thing. One of the other cool parts that I have to state Especially, you know, learning about Anya, Daniel, uh, Barzik, uh, if I'm not Bartek, my apologies, is, and Cornell. You develop your character because you're not alone. Even though most people probably think that worlds are just raging machine and it's all about go time, you, you have to build a relationship to the people that you're with. And I, I wonder whether or not high rage scares those particular characters you developed uh, a relationship with away and whether or not that'll cut off your options there. Um, but it definitely seems that way because as the game also progresses, you'll see where characters are sympathetic, neutral, or your friends and allies. And that'll actually show up on your character sheet as well. So I thought that was that was really cool. So my Maya is interested in seeing, at least through my playthrough, I, I plan on uh, seeing how many friends I can make while still maintaining my rage. That's going to be cool. That's, that's going to be a fun aspect of it, considering one of the friends is the Pushka itself. The intense thing that really sung, I, I, why I'm singing its praises, and, you know, the... I'm blown away. Werewolf is a spiritual game. Werewolf the Apocalypse absolutely is. And a lot of games kind of miss that. You know, in favor of the high violence it could have. But the way this does it, you get to the forest and it's something living and breathing. You know, Maya talks about how she feels and a lot of her dreams are about this forest. It talks about the um, the guide even taking you around. He's mentioning, I believe Edward's name, he's mentioning the fact that he's seeing, studying you as you go through. He knows the spots, but he wants to know about how you feel and what do you think of things. And because of that, I don't know, I just felt like you're being drawn in. Uh, maybe more so than you intended as, as a player of the game. Why I like it is because the art matched it. The the sounds matched what was going on. Like when you get to the forest, one of the cool things is showing like, you know, some owls and birds in the trees, but all the eyes are transfixed facing you as you're there. So it made you feel like you were being watched. So the description met the artwork to kind of Choice is yours. How are you feeling about this? What, what do you think of it? And as you go through and pick it, this uh, phrasing keeps coming up. You know, it's talking about, for me, sympathetic. It said the Pushka is sympathetic. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So it was like the more you cared about the area you're in, the more it would. And I was like, all right, I'm digging that. Because I don't know what that could mean. I don't know what that leads to. And that there was another mystery added on that just, you know, you had to find out. You had to find out. So it was a well-put-together demo for that because any demo that leaves you wanting more did its job, you know, 100%. Mm -hmm. And some things to look up. When you're looking at this uh, game and you're wondering, okay, I'm so why should I care about the Pushka Bioeska? There are some uh, legends they took 
local legends and real world legend, I guess you could say, in events that kind of made this concrete why they selected it. And one of them is, I already mentioned the Barrows, but Kazan the Wolf. It's uh, it's one of the most famous wolves in, in Poland. And uh, the symbol of protection over over the endangered species that is the wolves that were there. In 2001, he died after caretakers failed to notice he was wounded in a fight against the male wolf. But even in game, they took this in and, and kind of bring it up that if you were if the characters were looking around and seeing photos of the forest itself, they were talking about the Kazan being the most photogenic. And I thought that was cool. But if I'm correct in the game, it talks about puppies being separated. Like these wolves were found by people, they separated them, and Kazan was one of the ones separated for a bit and uh, and whatnot and how he went, but he also aided in conservation because he was very social, you know, able to be photographed and wasn't hostile uh, towards humans, at least immediately. And that made it to where you can build up sympathy for it. I th that was very cool to read about and to see where it come from, and even see the photos they were talking about. And uh, that's that's well done. Now, in the game, it gets mentioned. But it's something to definitely look up and uh, kind of enjoy that story. Uh, places of power. There are numerous legends of places of power located across the Pushka. And uh, they mentioned uh, in the 1990s, diviners from around the world used to gather in the forest and search for these sites of power. Now, I, I went a little further. And uh, from, from the link they, uh, they gave us to kind of check it out, I'm going through and trying to see, well, who and what did it? Well, I don't speak the language, so that made it very difficult where I was diving into. But it was cool to see that there was like a tree that they had where they etched in uh, all these markings, but people were stuffing coins into the wood as well. And from what I could infer, this I think this tree was either hit by lightning or they wanted it to be. I wasn't really certain which one it was. Like a type of blessing is what it appeared to be. And I'm always a sucker for folklore. You know, for, for reasons why that would happen or a bit of legendary uh, to go in when it has. And that's real world. That helped them make the selection for the forest in and of itself. When you see that. Like, you, you're not going to find that in any American woods. Like, you come over here to Chicago. You're going to find, like, some old rappers discarded. You know, that somebody had off of whatever food. they <laughs> Maybe an old bottle chucked to the side. Uh, a squirrel used uh, an old tin can for a home. Not like we live in a trash dump, but let's just say people, you're, you're more likely to run into CrossFit armies and super joggers than you are to run into anything mystical about the woods here anymore. And that's not to say that it's it's bad, but for me, it's a little disheartening. I enjoy the culture piece that could be, and I always applaud games that bring the real world elements in to spark the imagination about the history that is actually there. And they, they hammer that. They bring it home. What do you think about the artwork, DJ? Before I got yep. over it. The artwork was fantastic. Um, one of the inspirations they used definitely was based off of um, Tim Keen, who had done um, Sandman. And it's mixed media, and it pops out very well. And as you progress through the story, um, you'll see the gradients of how it starts to build up on your screen. Um, what I did like, especially when they get off the bus, uh, is the light use of color, uh, the use of the map as well, and how it pops out and how it changes the ambiance from the previous screen, which was where your prelude was, everything was dark, foreboding, the shades of red, black, um, and orange, you know, very Halloween-y to, I guess, is the, the easiest one, because that's what I'm just picturing in my head. Um, but the art was very well done. Uh, without a doubt, it almost makes me feel and hope that if, if it, I hope this ends up in the werewolf book itself, just because it, it looks so good, I would not mind having this put down. And if anything at all, if, if 
there, you know, the devs are out there listening as well. We would love a PDF version of all of the collected art. I, I would just love to sit it and use it as my own background stuff for storytelling. But it was it was awesome. I agree because what the art did was it it evoked think, you know mood real easy and emotions for it. Um, there was definitely a feeling I'd almost call primal, you know, maybe even savage to a to a level. And uh, there was like this, the 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 the, the, uh, the tongue tied moment. No, the. Uh, beginning i was describing the fact that after in that dream state you get to a point that's almost macabre uh, it was very horrific right and, uh, but but not uh, like again not tasteless it was like uh, almost psychedelic one is, is a good term to steal uh that, that was thrown there in that moment and it evokes so much it's as you're staring at it you're wondering okay if this is the beginning if this is the taste i get off the bat then it's got to be chalk filled with even more greatness going down the road and uh we're going to try to include some samples of uh uh, some stills here, uh, along with obviously the pockets you can check out, you know, as you're listening, just kind of take a look, gauge for yourself. But you're, I'm positive you're going to find what I did where this game blows you away. There are expectations you have of a game of this caliber, and like I, like I know it, you know, it's back back to that old game that they didn't care, just kind of press release, use the name to sell some copies and call it a day. That's a win for the company, and uh, that's, that's that. But you'll never get another win out of that company because they also throw themselves in the trash. Um, mm. Not these guys. They absolutely went out of their way to do good work and detailed work. And I would 100% endorse any further projects that come out of Walkabout Games or different tales uh, that, you know, look for these guys. And uh, when they come out, understand that it's going to be quality. It's the same feeling I get anytime I hear any rumor that they're going to release a, a Witcher, right? That's, that's where I put this. They got my endorsement for Werewolf. 100% because they did it right. And when it's what I mean by done right, I'm a super fan of Werewolf. And I feel I played a Werewolf game. And I feel I want to finish that Werewolf game. And I didn't mind that it wasn't a character I made at all. Because they're telling a story through a video game format that's a visual novel that made me feel I was involved in an adventure. And a, and a fleshed out role playing game. I enjoyed it. I did too. And what I would also say is... We stand so firmly on this that we invite anyone who has any type of comment to say otherwise to come talk to us, and we'll be more than happy to sell you on it. We're interested in hearing what you say as well, but from our perspective, solid, 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 solid. So once again, I want to say thank you to Piotr of Walkabout Games for reaching out to us and uh, you know asking us to do this. And uh, we feel very privileged here at uh, 25 Years VTM, and we look forward to doing uh, more. More, more, more. Just let us know. We, we eat this up. Thanks, folks, for listening, and uh, once again, uh, we'll see you on Friday when we release our, our latest for 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade review. Have a good day. And thank you, DJ. I don't know why I always leave that out. <laughs> thank you for listening to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 years of VTM, at our email, info at 25yearsvtm.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25yearsvtm or on our website www.25yearsvtm.com If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade.